Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I am super excited to have with me a guest speaker who is a returning guest speaker. And you know you're special when you get uh, another invite back to the show. But no, I am so excited to have with me Brother Wesley Combs. Thank you so much for joining me on the Disciples Dialogue again today. Thank you for the invite. I am really excited about today's topic, and I very much appreciate the opportunity to be back. Absolutely. So today, folks, you've seen it in the the title we are talking about pressure, all things pressure. And uh, I, to say that we've had fun leading up to this moment, hitting record and talking about pressure would be an understatement. We have had just a blast talking about the great things of God and and, and pressure in positive terms, negative terms, and so on, so on and so forth. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Uh, Brother Combs, why don't you start us off with uh, – this topic on pressure, what, what comes to your mind? Well, like you said, we've, uh, we've had a lot of fun over the last several weeks, a month, whatever it's been in, um, putting this together. It started out just as, uh, you know, a, a quick thought after church on Wednesday night, you know, after, uh, after service one night and we were thinking about several different things and it was just, uh, one of those situations where the further we went, the more we got. And, um, I know, the text messages between you and I have been blowing up because <laughs> it's just thought after thought after thought after thought. Yep. Um, and so, you know, pressure is one of those things. And I think that um, we can see scriptural disciplines and uh, lessons in so many different things. Anywhere you look, uh, not everything is spiritual, but everything can be, sure. you know, if you, if you look into it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I, I think that there is some really interesting correlations in the real world pressure, mm-hmm. physical type of pressure that we that we deal with in physics and science and that sort of thing. Uh, and the way it ties into, like I said earlier, disciplines and, and biblical principles. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and man, we're going to get into some stuff that's just going to, uh, has been blowing my mind and I'm sure it's going to blow your mind as well, the listeners. But to start off, I think, Let's define it, right? So pressure is defined as continuous physical force extended on or against an object by something in contact with it. Um, you, you've, If you're a human and you're living, you have experienced pressure, probably in many forms. Uh, some, I think, go unnoticed, and we don't even recognize it as pressure, but it's pressure that keeps us, uh, our feet on the ground. It's uh, there's natural pressure and there's spiritual pressure. There's uh, mental pressure, um, many forms, and we're going to get into several of those today. But uh, with pressure being uh, defined now, um, what's 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 first on the agenda tonight? What are we talking about uh, when it comes to pressure and how it correlates to a spiritual walk with God? One of the first things that I thought about, and this is kind of what what started this whole pressure journey with with you and I, uh, water pressure. Everybody's familiar with, yes. with water pressure, um, and I think that water pressure 
even though it's unbelievably strong, it's easier to kind of picture that and to know how that works. Sure. To know that the farther down you go, the more pressure is because of the weight of the water and the way a, a huge ship can float because of the amount of water it displaces. Right. So we're all kind of familiar with those principles, I think. Absolutely. Um, how it's measured is is going to be paramount to this conversation um, because if you if you can't measure it, then and all you feel is just weight. Um, what are you really dealing with? And so uh, the standard. I did some research on this because I was unfamiliar. But the standard unit of measure for pressure is the Pascal. Uh, and when I read that, I was taken back to uh, Pascal's triangle, which was a a, a guy lived in like the 1600s and he was super smart, but the Pascal was named after the French physicist and mathematician, uh, Blaise Pascal. He, uh, and so one Pascal is a fairly small amount of pressure. Uh, it takes 101,325 Pascals to equal just one atmosphere. And so you and I were talking earlier about the, the depth of the Titanic where it lays, uh, on the ocean floor today. Um, and and the pressure, the mounting pressure that that is when you get to those depths, very dangerous territory. Would you? I mean, you would agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Titanic's at uh, twelve thousand five hundred feet. What are you and I talking before the episode? It's how many times atmosphere? Yeah, yeah. So in meters, thirty eight hundred meters, and for uh, there's one atmosphere for every ten meters of water uh, depth, and so Titanic sits at thirty eight. 100 meters so that's 380 atmospheres of pressure greater than what you would feel uh at sea level Mm -hmm. so if you can just imagine you know we're sitting here in this room recording and we feel the weight of of pressure it's the pressure of the atmosphere uh keeping us in our chairs right now well you multiply that by 380 wow and that's what you would experience uh at the titanic so and and that really is a great segue into a great portion of what we're going to talk about um, submersibles um, and, and vehicles that try to go down to those depths. Um, what, what happens when you go down that far? Yeah. And so um, obviously, you know, very relevant in, in modern news as of, you know, July, 2023, when we're doing this recording is the Titan submersible mm-hmm. uh, that ocean gate launched um, last month. And uh, sadly and tragically, um, suffered a catastrophic implosion mm-hmm. um and uh it's it's one of those things like i said that you know we can find spiritual disciplines everywhere and this is obviously a spiritual based podcast sure um but i i you could almost think of it like lessons from titan is what you know it just got Absolutely. me thinking of so many different things um with that and so when we talk about water pressure we talk about pressure you know you're immediately drawn to the deep. Mm-hmm. So I want to go deeper in God. And Absolutely. we say these things all the time. I sure. want to get higher in God. I want to get deeper in God. Who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. Um, every All the listeners of this podcast is going to, they're knowing what I'm talking about. They're, they're going to want that. That's why they're listening. That's why I Absolutely. listen. We want to get to that deeper place in God. Yes. Um, and and I want to before we start going into the, some of the things with the Titan, I want to make it very very clear. I'm not I'm not throwing any shade at Ocean Gate or or the Titan no, or anything. No, that's people. not what we're I mean, do. It is a tragedy, obviously. Um, I think it's honorable. Exploration is honorable, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think there are some lessons that we can we can look at with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, one of the one of the first things you know uh, 
the deep is not somewhere where many people go. That's right. It's not for everyone. You mm-hmm. talked about the extreme pressure down there. And I think that we we strive to get deeper in God, and we need to, and that's what we need to do. But we are built for one atmosphere. Yes. We are, we are built, you know, normal conditions, we're built for one atmosphere. We can't just willy-nilly go to 380 times no. atmospheric pressure no. and be able to withstand it. Uh, the deeper we go, the more pressure we experience. Mm-hmm. And if we don't equip ourselves with that right equipment, it's it's certain disaster. That's right. And catastrophic. Catastrophic. It's it's not uh, just a little loss. Right. It's uh, the most loss. And right. so, uh, and I concur with my brother here that we do not make light of anything that we're going to talk about. Um, this is just over a month ago that this took place with the Titan and the loss of all five lives. Uh, we don't make light of that. Um, we don't, it's not our place to condemn or to say exactly what has happened, but we do want to learn from it. I think that it would be a, a great disservice to um, to all of us who remain after this incident to not uh, learn a lesson here. And for us, spiritually, uh, I want to learn a spiritual lesson. There will be many natural lessons learned, and, and submersibles will be different moving forward. Uh, rules, regulation will happen. Will happen, but for us in in the apostolic ranks and the Christian ranks, um, I want to apply some some new measures to my life to make sure that I do not have, um, as I seek to go deeper into God, I do not have a spiritual implosion. And so, uh, I think with that being said, it's probably safe that we can move forward now, understanding that uh, we are not going to take this conversation lightly, um, and we don't make light of the loss of life. Right. Uh. One of the the big things in the news, and everybody has seen this, is uh, OceanGate has been criticized big time for using cheap, off-the-shelf, they say right. off-the-shelf yes. materials. Um, everybody's seen the picture of the Xbox controller, PlayStation yes. controller, whatever yes. it is, you know. Uh, and that was one of my initial thoughts is we want to go deep, but that is not a cheap or inexpensive thing to do. Now, we're not talking – financially in the spiritual right. aspect obviously mm-hmm. but there is a cost if you are wanting to go to the depths the great depths where few dare trot mm. it's going to cost you something yes. and it's it's going to be work it's going to be a lot of work yes. it's going to be a lot of time and potentially yeah some financial costs some sacrifice there's going to be a lot of sacrifice involved in that and it's not going to be just a small small thing that you can you know, enter into lightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I have found in my over a decade now of living for God, uh, the further that I traverse the unknown, the the more my wife, myself, my family, the more we uh, dive into the deep things of God. And there's scripture for that that we'll get into probably here in a little bit. But the more, the deeper I go with God, um, the more I find that it, it costs me. Uh, mm-hmm. Thing, anything worth having is is worth the cost that you're going to pay for it. Um, it's a great cost, and so if you can get something cheap, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can go ride a roller coaster and get an adrenaline rush, um, and it won't cost you twenty bucks, maybe something like that, uh, eighty bucks, something like that. But if I'm not mistaken, I think the ticket to go down into the deep was $250,000. Right. It's a great cost. And so how much are you willing to pay 
mm-hmm. to go where few have gone before. Right. And, you know, so many things spiritually and, and like you, as I progress in my spiritual maturity and on my spiritual journey, um, at the beginning, the cost is daunting. It's oh, completely daunting. Sure. Um, whether it's, it's, it's tithing, you know, and I, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on about the importance of tithing, but mm-hmm. not just that, the, the sacrifice of, of time, the, the other cost. And, and at the front, it looks terrible. It's going to be awful. Now you and I have been in this long enough to know that after we've paid that price, yeah. it's absolutely worth it. And oh, God yeah. pays back so many dividends. Yes. You know, I mean, it's the only time tithing is the only time in the Bible where literally it says, just try me. Yeah. Just try me. Yeah. So, so whatever cost you do have to pay to go to these depths, it's well worth it. Mm. It's absolutely well worth it. Yeah. And so if you go in cheap, if you go in and say, well, I'm going to uh, exert the least amount of effort possible. I'm going to uh, try to get by as cheap as possible and go as deep as I can. I think uh, if we would do well to understand the risks associated with that, because um, many thousands probably millions of people have um have been fascinated with the deep uh, mm-hmm. in, in the natural uh, going and exploring the ocean we we know more about space than we do the ocean mm-hmm. um that's it that's how hard it is to get there right we literally know more about outer space than mm-hmm. we do our own ocean mm-hmm. um it's it's an unforgiving territory uh, in the natural realm and so while while there have been many thousands and millions of people who have went Navy submariners and, and so on and so forth. Um, we, we must understand that the risk was calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't just a, f- you know, a quick idea. Hey, right. You want to go get, build a submarine and go down to the bottom. Uh, it, it takes years, mm-hmm. maybe even decades of, of research and, um, and, and making sure that you craft a vessel that is prepared to take you where you want to trial go. Trial and error. Trial and error. Uh, you may only get down, uh, you know, a few hundred meters before you realize, hey, we didn't do this right. We right. got a surface. Uh, and so constantly up and down, up and down. But you learn from those who have gone before you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I think if you just, you know, under your own, um, uh, I, the, the words failing me right now, but if you go, uh, and, and don't value what those have paid to go before you. If you don't learn from their lessons and their mistakes and you just try to go down as far as you can go, we see what happens. Um, and so let's speak a little bit to exactly well, we can't say for sure what happened, but we do know uh, that there were several things that took place with the Titan, mm-hmm. uh, some steps that are at the very least concerning right? Um, that could have potentially led to this implosion. Right. One other thing real quick about the, the, the cost. It just, it just hit me. The, you know, the time, time is a cost. Yes. Right? Time is something that we invest. Uh, the journey into the deep is not something that happens quickly either. Right. Um, it took, I think that it is roughly four hours to mm-hmm. go from the surface down to the depth of the Titanic. And I mean, you know, 12,500 feet, that's a big number, but, but here on the land, it's it's a couple miles. Wow. It's not really that bad, Uh, but you don't go there quickly. It takes time. So I think it takes time to get deep, but going to potential failures. And I thought this was so, so good when, when it hit me and it's, it's caused introspective. Um, There was a huge window 
huge, you know, in in terms of submersibles on the front of Titan. Yes. Okay. A window is for looking out. So I did research on it, and at 21 inches in diameter, not a huge window, mm-hmm. you know, at, at surface level. Sure. At 21 inches in diameter, Titan had the largest window called a viewport of any deep-sea submersible. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not... That, that's facts I found on their website before it was taken down. I, I had to go back and look at a previous version of the website. Uh, and and I, I'll preface this. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, but I can't help but think that that's probably the weakest point of the vessel and probably, again, not a scientist, mm-hmm. just a guess, mm-hmm. I would imagine that's where the failure started was yeah. was the point of looking out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that sparked a great conversation between you and I when we were talking about this, um, and I and I'll say before I go where I'd like to go in this conversation on that point. Um, in 2018, the director of marine operations for OceanGate um, said that this viewport viewport was only certified to a depth of 1,300 meters. Mm. Now that's in 2018. They could have made some changes. Hopefully, made some changes, but that's not near. Um, sufficient enough for the depth that they were trying to get to. Um, now, if they didn't make any changes and they kept the same viewport, um, we can surmise that it's a great possibility that that was the failing point um, that ultimately led to the implosion. Um, when we started talking about this, this viewport, this uh, window, if you will, in this submersible, um, instantly it hit me mm-hmm. that when you are diving deep when you're trying to go where few have gone before it is not meant to be a sightseeing tourism it's now that's what titan was it was it was tourism Mm -hmm. right you pay a a hefty uh fee and we'll take you to go see something that very few people have ever seen before Mm -hmm. um but spiritually speaking in our walk with god when you go into the deep things of god it's not meant that you're you're going to be sightseeing Right, we don't we don't go into the deep things of God saying, "Hey, show me something real cool that's just going to make right. me smile ear to ear." That's not what it's about. And if you're going into the deep things of God for this for the fact of sightseeing, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you your life. Right, uh, you're going spiritually, you mm-hmm. you you will pay the ultimate price mm-hmm. um, because you you're not built to withstand the pressure that lies ahead of you. And we have to take on so many different characteristics to get to where we can sustain that kind of, or live in that kind of pressure. Um, I, uh, I, I kept thinking about the, the window. And again, it just sparks so much um, because if, if, a, if the structure, the superstructure, the, the body of the Titan, the crew compartment, whatever, if it failed, we can say that, you know, we would refer to that in engineering terms like, using terminology like structural integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it did not have, again, thinking about this from a spiritual application, mm-hmm. it did not have the integrity that mm-hmm. it needed to survive those depths. True. And so what what does integrity mean? Now, we think about it quickly as an, as an ethical thing. You know, we talk about the integrity of, of politicians and that thing. Uh, defined um, adherence integrity adherence to moral and ethical principles soundness of mm-hmm. moral character and honesty 
or even even more relevant here, the state of being whole, entire, and undiminished. Mm. So if you do want to go to those deep places, like you said, it's not sightseeing. This It's going to take a lot, lot of integrity to get there. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, um, I know that there have been, I don't remember what year it was, but I know that there were, um, people who have went down to the Titanic before, not for the sole purpose of of just sightseeing. Uh, it wasn't tourism; it was to learn what happened. Right? Um, there have been investigative uh, uh, ploys to to go down to the Titanic and and see exactly what happened. And of course, we we know through investigation um, the iceberg and and it, it split in two. And um, but that's just the thing. If you're going to go deeper into God, you 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 better be going to learn something, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm not going to that. I might have these tingling ears, and and you know the Bible talks about uh, how it would just it would be pleasing to the ears, and it's something that pleases your flesh. Mm-hmm. But I want to learn something. If you don't come back up from Mm -hmm. the deep places of God and having learned something that you didn't know before you went down there, Mm -hmm. it was a wasted trip. Um, and, and you'd be lucky to come out of it. Um, because, because pressure reveals weaknesses. Oh yes. Pressure reveals all the time in, in, in many applications, pressure reveals weaknesses. Right. And you know that they, that Titan at the surface, you know, they did test that everything, Everything checked out. They wouldn't have gone had it not checked right. out. If there was a blatant problem, they wouldn't have gone. Sure. Challenger exploded. There were there were problems, and they ignored them. Mm-hmm. You know there was potential risk with the, with the O rings and the freezing temperatures and everything. And sure. and now that's a whole other pressure. Sure. You know with the rockets, but if if they would have known about those weaknesses or known about a a blatant problem on the surface, they wouldn't have initiated the dive. And it's like you said, as we go as we go deeper, you know maybe. Here on the surface, yeah, we've we've got our our things in order and we're, and we're okay and we're ready to go a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And so God calls us into the deep. Yeah. And and as we progress on that journey, it's not just a from point A to point B. Right. It's not like okay, we're going deep and congratulations, you've reached the 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 deepest point and you're here, you're done. I think that in our spiritual walks, I think that we start and we go a little deeper. Okay, this is good. We've mm-hmm. learned to to tithe. We've learned yes. to give of our time. Yes. Okay. Well, let's go to the next. Let's go down a little deeper. Oh, wait a minute. There's a stress fracture. There's mm-hmm. there's a crack. Yeah. Let's, and and that's the beauty of how God does it. He doesn't say eh, mission failure. You're done and and write you off. That's right. That's not how he is. So oh, stress fracture. Let's fix that. Yes. Let's yeah. go back. Let's let's surface. Let's bring it back. Mm-hmm. Let's fix the problem. All right, that's not a problem anymore. Let's go a little bit deeper now. You know, yeah. I mean, what what teenager out there doesn't you know struggle with with foul language, sure. th- those sort of things? Okay, let's let's fix that first. Yep. Okay, now let's go a little deeper. Yes. I, crazy analogy here, but but hear me out. It's kind of comical, uh, and I, I'm sure every listener's had people like this. I had a um, guy many 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 years ago in our youth group uh, starts coming to church faithfully. Uh, gets baptized, gets the Holy Ghost, and, I mean, like, the night after he gets the Holy Ghost, and we know that excitement, mm-hmm. man, I can take the world on, oh, yes. right? Uh, 
I'm ready to preach. I mean, he came to me that night. He said, I've, I've, God has given me a message. I'm ready to preach. And I won't go into all the details of it, but it wasn't quite pulpit ready. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so, so wasn't quite there. It's like, whoa, 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 let's, let's get faithful here. Let's, you know, let's, let's keep getting plugged in, keep yeah. getting fed. You're brand new to this, you know? Uh, and um, anyway, he, he would not take instruction. He would not take correction about it. Uh, and frankly, I don't know if it's the right choice of words here, but it fizzled out. Mm. Um, and, and it, you know, I don't know where he's at these, these days, but, a crazy analogy about you know trying to go into changing pressures too fast yes um super carnal example here okay i'm gonna go for it bring it on (laughs) um i was traveling out west with my in-laws a couple years ago and i think we had stayed uh i think we had stayed in south dakota Mm -hmm. that night bought some groceries whatever and uh we're pursuing on out west and we ended up going a little farther north and we went through colorado and as you go into Colorado, anybody that's done it, you're climbing. It's just a gradual, gradual climb. And I, I can't remember the exact name of the town, but we were at roughly 10,000 feet. Right? Okay. And so uh, it had been hot in South Dakota. Now there's snow up in the mountains in Colorado where we were at. And we were just driving down the road. Everybody's on their phone, you know, not paying attention to anything. And all of a sudden, bang, there's this this explosion. And there's stuff flying through the car. We thought, what in the world is that? What was going on? And so... I start crawling into the back of the van and a bag of pork rinds <laughs> that we had bought at, in South Dakota had exploded because the air pressure changed pressure. too fast. Wow. Yeah. So it, you know, we have to acclimate to these different oh, levels. Oh man, that's good. It's a horrible carnal example. No, it's I good. Know, that's but, good. But it, it just shows, you know, Hey, I just got in church, man, I'm ready to go. And and it, it's honorable. It's wow. good to want these things, yes. but there is a process and yeah. you cannot sidestep or circumvent that process oh, for man. your own good and That's god thank god in in his wisdom and in his love he won't let us do that he he nudges us now yes. we can ignore it and we can we can try to go to these deep things and ignore our pastor and the and the counsel of our elders and mm. and try to do it on our own but it's it's not going to work you're right. bound and determined to fail see that's that is so uh that reminds me so much of myself because I am a quick transitioner, okay? It's just, it's built inside of me. I was, I was designed that way by God. I'm a quick transitioner. I can go from zero to 100 and not think <laughs> twice about it. Um, I make, I can make uh, large life decisions without much thought. And that's not a healthy thing. It's not a good thing. I'm not proud of that. But I can relate. What, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> and, and so, with that being said, though, that's why more now than ever before, I value the voices of my pastor and, mm-hmm. and, and people like yourself, uh, people who sit at my table mm-hmm. and, and I, I value their opinion. And, and before I make large life altering cho- uh, choices now, um, I tend to go to my peers or my pastor and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Now I'm ready to do it. Say the word and it's done. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times my pastor has to say, Hey, you know what? Let's just take it one step at a time. Pray mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And it really, I should have thought about that, but because I'm so, gung ho and let's right. let's do it let's why didn't why wasn't it done yesterday you know we need that voice of reason that says hey have you have you done a safety check a wise man seeks counsel yes see there you go you got the scripture so have you done the proper safety checks mm-hmm. have have you tested it mm-hmm. right have you made sure that you don't have any weaknesses or, or or hairline fractures and all all those things play into going into the deep mm-hmm. but just because you make it to the titanic doesn't mean you're ready for the mariana trench no way exactly. right because the the 
the Great Gulf between uh, 3,800 meters down and the Mariana Trench is significant. Huge. You're just because you got to one level doesn't mean you're ready for every level. Right. Right. So we we need that voice of reason to say, hey, you know, let's slow down. Let's take it one step at a time and test this. And you'll never know God 100 percent. You'll never oh, oh no. So no, 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 no. You you get deeper and you only realize you can go a whole lot a whole lot deeper. Yes. And you get you get skilled in a in a trade or in any kind of work or even life skill and it's not that I've mastered this, you know, I, my my trade is is IT and and I'd be foolish to say that, you know, after 20 years I've mastered IT. No, that, the farther in I get, yeah. the more I realize I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Man, I love this conversation. I hearken back to our God greater than time episode. And I want to talk about space, but I can't because we've, we've got to stay on track here. Uh, but no, you can never figure out God. No, you just can't. No. He, he's unsearchable. You get deeper and there's just so you're just scratching the surface. Oh, oh my. He's omnipresent. Omnipresent. Yes. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this and then I'd like to segue into another area that I know you're familiar with and I can't wait to see what you have. But um, I, in doing some research, I saw a, a captain submariner of the U S Navy. Um, I think he was even talking about the Titan, uh, and what happened, but he said in his own words, and I, this is not a direct quote, but somewhere along these lines, he said, that's why you don't see windows in U S Navy subs mm. because it's not smart. Right. You know, it's, it, we're not going down there to, to sightsee. We're not, we're not just playing games here. That's why we don't put windows in them. There's a reason. If I mean, one, it, it, there's there's no natural light there. No. Um, and if you are trying to navigate the deep with sight, what you're seeing, it's not going to work. Right. It's not going to work. You're relying on, one, let's talk about counsel. Let's talk about the counsel of others. Yes. There was a crew uh, on the surface that was guiding Titan. Yes. Right? So it, Via text message, by the way. Really? Yes. Okay. Via text message. Oof. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. But so it took it took others. Yes. It, it took there there were the five on the on the submersible, but mm-hmm. there were others on the surface helping them along that they were reliant on. Um yeah. so I think that harkens back to before we make these decisions and, and as we progress along on this journey, we have to get the counsel of others. And you don't take every word from everybody. No. But you you set up people, like you said, in your life yes. that you trust. Um and you you take that counsel, especially first and foremost, everybody, your pastor. Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely. your pastor. Um and other other trusted ones there. Mm-hmm. Um I I'll I'll say this and then I want to transition here, but um the oh it's it's leaving me, I think. Uh, we might have to come back to it. But uh I'm gonna read a, a set of scriptures here. Um, because I know this is going to take us into a part of this conversation that I'm really looking forward to. And you, you are the man for the job when it comes to this, uh, Psalm 55 verses two through eight. I'm going to be reading in the amplified version. Uh, this is a apostolic Christian, uh, podcast, so we will have some Bible verses. So forgive me, science show. <laughs> uh, but Psalm 55, two through eight, listen to what the scripture says. David said, listen to me and answer me. I am restless and distraught in my complaint and distracted because of the voice of the enemy, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring down trouble on me, and in anger they persecute me. My heart 
is in anguish within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling have come upon me. Horror is overwhelm, or has overwhelmed me. So he's painting the picture that all these things are just laying on him, the fear of death, all these things. It's, it's pressure, right? Mm-hmm. But then he says, and I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would wander far away. I would lodge in the peace of the wilderness, Selah. I would hurry to my refuge, my tranquil uh, shelter far away from the stormy wind and from the tempest. And you, sir, are a pilot. Right. Right? You have a pilot's license. You have been up in the air. And so I'd like to segue from the, the depths of the ocean, plumb up into the atmosphere, and let's talk about pressure in the in the sky. So we've talked about the deep things of God, and that's something we all say. What else do we say all the time? I want to get higher with yes. God. I want, to, I want to go to higher heights, yes. higher places with God. Um, it, two extremes. I want to get deep, and I want to get high with God. Sure. And and that's fine and good, just like getting deep. But there are characteristics of that environment that you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to adapt to, and, and you can't just live like you're on the surface and be up soaring with the eagles. So obviously that is air pressure, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. have air pressure here. We have air pressure as we go. Um, air pressure, the interesting thing about air pressure, and like you said, a lot of this just from from uh, my time as a private pilot uh, air pressure constantly changes and you can't separate the weather, uh, from air pressure. They, they're, they're all connected. Uh, but, but air pressure constantly changes for even, even here at the surface in Rafford, you know, I, I think we're probably at 1200 feet above sea level, something like that. You know, the air, if you could take a barometric reading today mm-hmm. and a reading tomorrow, they will be different. We had, we had storms come through a little bit. It was raining when we got out of church mm-hmm. recording this on a Sunday, uh, so right now I can tell you just from from basic like meteorology one oh one, the air pressure is a little bit lower. Now it's it's sunny now and it's it's getting nice and everything, so the pressure's probably increasing. Mm-hmm. But but all that to say is that it's very variable. It changes from day to day and sure. from, from place to place. Um in an airplane, the one of the most there's a lot every instrument in airplane's important, but but one of the most important is the altimeter. Um Okay. Altimeter senses changes in air pressure based, and, and that's how it tells you where you're at. I think it's like uh, for every thousand feet you increase is like one more uh, inch of mercury is the way the altimeter mm. works. Um, and so if you're increasing in, or decreasing in pressure, it knows how to correlate that into altitude reading. Um, but something that's very important, and I think this this has got spiritual application also, Part of your pre-flight checklist, one of the first things you do, you do the engine run-up, you do everything. Uh, the altimeter in the airplane has a manual setting that allows you to turn a knob and adjust the reading of the altimeter based on what it is. So what you do is you, you're at the airport, let's say New River Valley Airport, you call up their uh, the automated weather observation system, the AWOS, and it's an automated recording, but it has taken an air pressure reading at the ground at that time. Okay. And so let's say that it's, um, you know, I think a standard 
pressure day is it's two nine point nine two inches of mercury, and so you set that two nine point nine two on the altimeter, um, and that tells you then okay then your altimeter let's say again it's at thirteen hundred feet at New River Valley Airport, the altimeter will be reading one thousand three hundred feet. You get that out out to uh, the air pressure reading wrong, and you don't have a good understanding of of where you're at. Okay, so let's think spiritual here. So if you don't adjust to the pressure accordingly mm. and you just, eh, I'm not going to ignore that. I'm, I'm going to ignore the, the counsel of my pastor. I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to, I know what I'm doing. I can see, I can see outside. Mm. I, I can, I can see what I need to see. Uh, you are not going to know what altitude you're at. You don't know where the ground is. Mm. That's kind of important if you want to get back down. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, also, very importantly, where the obstacles are. Uh, uh, an aerial chart has uh, has mountaintop altitudes, oh, wow. uh, tower altitudes, everything. I mean, you you see radio towers and everything. Those are are noted noted on a uh, nav chart, mm. and so it'll tell you, hey, this tower is three hundred feet high. Well, I'm at thirteen hundred feet on the ground, so I know that I need to be at least above sixteen hundred feet to keep from hitting that tower. Wow. So if you don't adjust to the pressure properly. And again, if you know, we talked about the extreme of just going at it with cheap materials and everything. If you don't adjust correctly, you won't know where the obstacles are. Mm. And yeah, you might be able to see the ground now, but you could get into inclement weather and now you don't have an alt- altimeter and you really don't know where you're at. Wow. So what I'm learning here, and I don't mind to say this, there's no way without instruction, without schooling, without a teacher, there's no way I can go sit in an airplane and just take it up and, and go flying. No. It's not going to happen, is no, it? No, no. Uh, well, flying maybe, landing no. But, you know, there, it, it reminds me of something. Uh, my my dear pastor, Pastor Clark and Bland, uh, you know, it, yeah, you had Dwayne, Brother Dwayne on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne's pastor, also Brother Clark, before he passed last year. He had a wonderful saying, and I've, I've taken it to heart so many times. The difference in, in dumb and ignorant um, this little sidebar nugget here, you are ignorant on how to fly an airplane. Mm. Ignorance is not a bad thing, right. but I would be dumb to get in the airplane with you. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a good saying. <laughs> and that probably true. But I think so many times we, you know, it's kind of spiritual, um, but hearkening back to the, the natural of flying an airplane, uh, it, it seems simple enough, right? It, it appears can't be that hard you know it's, it's what people say mm-hmm. and and so i feel like we we often look at people who may be used in prophecy or the the gift of tongues or the interpretation of tongues or gift of healing or whatever one of the gifts um found in the scriptures and we look at them and say you know especially young younger immature um unlearned mm-hmm. men or women of god and they say well it's not it can't be that hard you know i'll just i'll just do it but you, it's it's more to it than that Right, mm-hmm. these oh, yeah. these individuals who are used uh, mightily by God and and who are who seem from our perspective to be soaring in the highest heights, it, it there again it didn't come cheap. Right. They have they have spent so much time in prayer, so much time fasting, so much time reaching and doing things that that you don't see. We only see the the, the surface level sometimes and you don't see those hidden the, the the hard days, the times when they wanted to give up and they didn't. Um 
And so I can look at you as a pilot and say, well, you know, can't be that hard. Right. But that's, it's easy for someone to say who's never went to school, whoever, who never went and paid hundreds of dollars to, to mm. go to get some classes or something like that. Right. So it doesn't come cheap. And how dare I say, well, it can't be that hard. If Wesley can do it, I can do it. Right. Well, Lots put, of ground school. Lots of ground school. Lots of testing. Yeah. Very, very iterative. You know, you don't just fly around the pattern one time and then they cut you loose to do your own, you know, solo or whatever. That's not how it works. It's it's very iterative. It's just like it's just like the Titan. We go a little deeper. Yes. yes. Okay. We go to this level. Okay. You need to polish that up a little bit. And so th- once we get that skill, now you're ready to go a little higher. Right. Now you can take a. Now you can take the pressure change a little bit better. You're more equipped on how to do it. Mm. Okay. So so paint a picture for me if you would and the listeners as well you're you're in a plane you're up in the clouds you're you're flying um and how do how do storms play a part in in the natural and then we can talk about the spiritual side but i know i know that there's you know low pressure storms high pressure storms how does that have an effect on the the aircraft well it definitely does and so uh Going back to where I said, you know, standard pressure two nine point nine two. That's that's a perfect day at sea level. If the pressure is falling, then that is an indication that let's say we're going into a low pressure system. Okay, so the pressure's falling. It's it's contrary. The high pressure, low pressure. I don't want high pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. None of us want high pressure right. situations. Right. I don't like it. Some of us well, thrive under pressure, whatever. I don't want high pressure in my life. I want smooth sailing. I want sure. it easy. I don't Absolutely. want the pressure. But if you look at it from a meteorological standpoint, a low pressure system is where you get the clouds, the precipitation, the turbulent weather, the mm-hmm. thunderstorms, the cyclones, tropical storms. That's where you get that. Uh, the high pressure situations, high pressure, high weather systems, uh, is where, believe it or not, it's smoother sailing that way. Hmm. It's, it's very contrary to what what you would think. And I'm not, I don't want to make it sound that well. You're only having storms because there's no pressure in your life. I don't think so. I, no. There, there can be turbulent weather and anything, and, and you know, pressure exists everywhere, right? But different types of pressure under different types of scenarios. Regardless, you have to be able to adapt to that pressure. Mm. So, I, I'm, again, I'm not a pilot. I, I've never been in an airplane. I got in a helicopter one time, and I about cried like a baby. Uh, <laughs> but. If I'm not wrong, and if I am, please correct me, but if I'm not wrong, um, pilots, aircraft will climb in altitude to get above a storm, correct? Yes. So if you look at it like that, now you you might be in a low-pressure system where it's more turbulent, the winds are higher, it's got more more, um, rain and stuff going on. Low-pressure systems are, are typically more dramatic um and high pressure high pressure systems as you was explaining are they open up a little bit there's there's less uh stuff going on so as you increase your altitude Mm -hmm. you rise above the storms and get into a uh, is it higher pressure above a low pressure system does that what does it work like that yeah so it would be it would be smoother outside of that and so an interesting thought about that let's say we've got high pressure, you know, to the West and, and and we're kind of still to the East of that front. 
We're in actually this is this has probably got a spiritual application also. That low pressure system is called a depression. Oh, so, <laughs> of course it would be. <laughs> so, Why not? So you could probably unpack that into a whole nother, oh. you know, a whole nother word study and, and figure that out. Uh, but yeah, you would you would try your best. I mean, honestly, um, and and there's multiple ratings. Um, I am the entry level private pilot. I'm what's called VFR rated visual flight rules. I can only fly if I've got reference to the horizon and to the ground. The next step up that I'm not ready to go to the next level mm-hmm. yet, okay, uh, is IFR, instrument flight rating. And that's where you learn to stop relying on your sight and uh, you're relying on the instruments. What what are these things telling me here? What's the atmosphere? What is everything telling me that? I, I know what my eyes are telling me. My eyes are telling me I'm, I'm in a storm. And so many pilots, this is a, a sidebar, but so many pilots, uh, they get into weather situations that they're not ready for pressure situations that they're not ready for Mm -hmm. and they rely on what they see and and worse what they feel it's called seat of the pants or whatever Uh. you get into a situation called spatial disorientation again we're talking about being unprepared to get to these levels to these pressures right they get into spatial disorientation and i've even i've read transcripts of accident reports and and there was a pilot that said, I might be upside down. I don't know. Oh, wow. And so you would think, how in the world could you not know that? But in training, they put uh, what's called foggles. They, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a like a think of it like a pair of safety glasses with just a little window cut out at the bottom so that all you can see is the instrument panel. And the, uh, it, it was done during my check ride with my instructor to get my license. And they, they say, close your eyes, take your hands off the yoke. And so the, the instructor will put the plane in some kind of wonky configuration, nose high, bank to the left or whatever. And, I mean, when you're sitting there with your eyes closed and you don't see what's going on, you, you feel all kinds of pulls one mm. way or the other. And then they say, okay, open your eyes and correct the airplane. And if you go by what you're feeling, you'll – get upside down and not even know it but if you'll if you'll look at what the instruments are telling you contrary to what i feel hey this feels like my plane is saying i'm banked to the left the instruments say i'm banked to the left boy i I really feel like i'm banked the other direction so i'm gonna go with what i feel and do it and and you're upside down man yeah that that's quite interesting yeah uh so i want to jump back quickly just briefly to the um life under the water uh and submersibles. I did a lot of study uh, for a recent project of mine on submarines. And uh, of course you, you alluded to this earlier that there's no visual aid down there. You can't look out a window and see where you're going because at at a point, not too far beneath the surface of the sea, it's pitch black light. Sunlight does not reach down there. So you can't uh, operate and drive by visual aid anymore. They use sonar uh, Mm -hmm. active or passive sonar. And and so here's the spiritual application for that. I'd like to, because you're talking about instruments and you have to read mm-hmm. the instruments. Uh, when you're deep, um, attempting to get to the deep things of God or you're ascending into the heavens with him, um, I think it's a whole lot more important that we learn how to listen mm-hmm. than we rely on what we see. Uh, because sonar is listening, right? You don't... In the U.S. Navy or any Navy for that matter, um, you you don't want to you don't want people to know where you're at. You right. want to be silent, and you want to listen because if you send out a signal, if you're putting out, then you're letting the enemy know where you're at. Right. But if you're listening, and and if they put off a signal, send an email or anything, mm. well, that that's you're going to pick up on that, and then you know where the enemy is at. Mm. And so, 
I, I, I love that idea that, and, and I think we would do well to just to learn the voice of God. Yes. Right. Learn to listen and, and yes. not rely on those feelings because the flesh is enmity against God. It hates to do the will of God. Right. So your flesh will right. lead you the wrong way. Right. Uh, but if you can listen to that voice. And that's, that is, that is so relevant to, to my current spiritual walk. Right. I remember when I first got in this thing and started really, really applying and really trying to dive in here. Uh, God, I want you to do fill in the blank. So I'm going to fast. Uh, you know, mm. I, I want you to heal this person. So I'm going to fast and, and, God, I'm going to fast that you do that. I have learned, you know, I wish I'd have learned it a little earlier, to be honest. I've learned fasting, you're not going to make God do anything. No, you're not. You're not going to make God do anything. Fasting kills that flesh that is enmity yes. with God. And so I want to listen. I want to hear God. You know, I've, I've even talked in the past, you know, hey, I don't feel like God's saying anything. Maybe God don't have nothing to say, but I believe mm-hmm. he's talking, and I believe that he's got answers for my current situations. I believe he's got answers for your current situations, and he's not. he does not withhold things. You, you and I, we trust each other a lot. We've told each other things that God has spoken to each one mm-hmm. of us, so he speaks. But like, okay, I've got some direction, but what are the next steps? And I have to fast to kill my flesh yes. because I want to hear him. That's right. You know, I, I am— typically an emotional kind of person i have spent years and years and years trying not to be and i finally <laughs> give up because i'm like it, 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 even in your message today god gave me these characteristics i have to use it for his kingdom that's right but um i have to fast to hear god over my own emotions uh, the, the, hey flesh i need you to pipe down yeah. be quiet so that i can hear what the master is saying and how do i do that i don't sit there with, twiddling my thumbs trying to hold you know not speak I fast. I have to kill the flesh. So we have to do things to hear God. I can't go by what I'm seeing, not not as you get deeper. Mm. What you see, your eyes will mislead you. Yeah. What you feel will mislead you. Mm. That's good, man. So so I'm going to ask a, a, a question. I already know the answer, but I, I want to hear it in your own words. How important is, I don't know what you call it, command or whoever talks to you when you're in the air? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, I uh, again, I don't want to like paint the picture that I'm like some awesome pilot that like flies in in foul weather and everything. I'm not allowed to do, but so much. Um, even at that, it's such an expensive hobby. I don't get to go up very often anyway. But in those in those situations, uh, and I did, I, I flew to the Outer Banks and back with my instructor one time, and we got into um, it was like a thick, thick haze and overcast. overcast. Um, now he obviously super experienced, and he was in command of the plane. I was flying right seat. And uh, we got in touch with Roanoke, the Roanoke Regional, and their tower was guiding us in. We get on, we get to where we have established communication mm-hmm. with the control tower, and uh, you dial in your transponder so that they can see you. And your transponder is saying, "Here's my altitude. Here's my lat long. Here's exactly where I'm at." And you can say, "Hey, tower." I need some help here. I don't know where I'm at. They've got you. They see the whole big picture. Mm, <laughs> come so, on. So they can guide you in. Now, you know, I can be foolish and ignore their, they say, turn right heading 360, you know, due north. Mm-hmm. I can ignore that and say, no, nah, I feel like I need to go a little more west, and I can overrule their instruction. But if I'm in a situation where I need some help, yeah, I am all too happy to receive that instruction wow. from the tower. Man, there, that, there's such a, <laughs> a correlation between the yeah. natural and the spiritual. 
uh, and isn't that the way that God does it? Yeah. So many times he's speaking and he's trying to give us direction and we're just like, uh, I think I know what's best. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to really God, right. Yeah. If you want to get down safely, mm-hmm. if you want to land safely, mm-hmm. you better listen to that voice. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know those people, right? You probably no, never I'm met them before. No. no, so I trust their qualifications. <laughs> Oh man, I trust their qualifications. Yeah, uh, I, I trust God's qualifications. Yes. He's pretty qualified. Yes, he's been doing this a little while. Yes, man, they deal with they deal with people at different altitudes and different pressures than than what I'm at. Oh, bro, yeah, yeah. It's all about pressure. It's all about pressure. It's, this is about pressure today. Ah, uh, okay. So, so what else do you have for us as far as as pressure in the skies? There is is there anything else? It's just it's interesting that. You, you know, we, we want to avoid pressure, but I feel like, I think we need it. I think we yeah. need pressure. I think, who could know a man's heart? It's, it's, just, it's wicked. It's it just, is. There's, in me, there's no good thing. We, mm-hmm. we need pressure. We need to have that constant push. And I want that draw. I want to be, I want that calling to go into the deep. Sure. We know that, you know, being nonchalant, we know that is bad. We, mm-hmm. we can't be in that state so we need that pressure but we also need to realize and and be willing ourselves and patient enough to deal with the instruction and the correction he chastises those he loves deal with that correction as we try to go to these higher heights yes. or these or these deeper depths yeah um it's not an easy thing. Mm. You know, man was not meant to fly. We had to build crazy machines. Man was not meant to go to the bottom of the ocean. We had to build these crazy machines. Sure. And we, we, you and I went to the Wright brother museum right? and we saw all the failed attempts, oh, right? Yeah. That yeah. was like, it's like a lot of them. And a they, lot of them. this is where they failed the first time. This is where they crashed the second mm. time, but little bit by little bit. Eventually. And now look where we're at here. A little, there a little man. precept upon precept. That's it. Here a little, there a little. My, 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 that's mm. good, man. And you, you said something that, that pressure, you know, it's, we need it. Um, just a side note here, because uh, my mind was going crazy, so I just made a bunch of random notes, but pressure can preserve, right? So we, yes. we talked about um, canning. Uh, All right, right. Right, so, you know, canning is as is, is old as the 1800s, um, but there's a process in canning that, that people figured out. And, you know, if you take some contents and put them in a vessel – Heat them up, kills all the bacteria, and when something heats up, it expands. And so you've got this expanded uh, contents inside of this vessel, and then you put the lid on it. And as it begins to cool, those things come back to their original shape. And when they start to uh, come back down, it creates a vacuum. And right. and so this, and now they're a pressurized vessel, and and that preserves mm-hmm. the contents. And so you you said something about yeah, the if vessel. If you could, if you could ask that jar, "Hey, how are you feeling in the pressure cooker right now?" I don't like it. It's, yeah. This hurts. It's hot. Uh, I don't want this. Get me out of here. Yeah. But it's the preserve. It's the pressure that's yeah. going to do the preserving. You set that out on the counter, unpreserved. Oh, uh, nah, yeah. Spoiled in a week. So pressure is not always bad. No, definitely not. We, we it can preserve us, right? Mm-hmm. God keep me preserved um and 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 if you got to use pressure to do it Mm -hmm. and so be it because you know i think it was job who i can't remember who it was somebody it fails me but somebody said i'd rather be you know if if i've got to face the judgment of man 
or, you know, because God said you're going to receive judgment one way or another, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's either going to be by me or it's going to be by these men. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, whoever it was, um, said, I would rather be in the hands of God. Absolutely. Um, because I, at least I can trust you and know that you'll be just right. Uh, don't put me in the hands of man. Preserve the me. thoughts you have towards me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Peace, prosperity, right? Good things. Out of evil, but it's not easy. Mm. It's, it's a not process. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Preservation to make it go the distance. It's not a bed of roses. It's mm. not always easy. It takes pressure. What about what about diamonds? Okay. All right. So we're going there. <laughs> we're going there. So we're we're back in the earth now. <laughs> diamonds. I had I had this this crazy thought at like midnight last night, and. Um, I did some research. Most natural diamonds were formed at depths between 93 and 155 miles deep Goodness. in a place in the earth. You want to know what the place is called? What's it called? The earth's mantle. Oh, come on. <laughs> the mantle. The mantle. Come on. Come and, on. Right. And, and, and man, when I read that, I literally about fell out of my chair and because we've, we've heard some pretty good preaching about the mantle lately. Um, and diamonds are created in the earth's mantle and they there's extreme pressure extreme pressure in Mm. but are you willing to deal with the pressure to get the diamonds right yeah when he has tried me i'll come forth like gold ah bro Mm. bro so so elisha was, was given an opportunity you don't have to go with me i'm not gonna leave you Elijah walks by and Elisha's plowing his field and minding his own business. He drapes his mantle over him, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of throws his prayer cloth over him. And uh, let me, let me, let me, let me go destroy everything to say bye to mom and dad. And I'm, I'm, I'm following the man of God. Why? Because he's got something that I want. Right. He's got the mantle mm-hmm. and it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of pressure involved in getting it. Slew is past. Yeah. 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 Sure. Let me, let me kill these oxen and everything. I, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Burn it, burn the plows. Yep. Nothing to go back to. And and they come up on seemingly impossible situations, come up against the water. And he, he's watching the man of God. Mm-hmm. He's watching the man of God takes his his, his, his prayer shawl, his mantle, and smites the water. Mm-hmm. Water separate. They walk across from the ground. Now, now interestingly enough about this, this uh, Elijah and Elisha story is that there were people off in the distance watching them, right? Mm-hmm. Sons and of the prophets, I guess. The right sons here. of the prophets. They're, they're watching them as they go across, and 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 all these things happen, and they say, man, that, that's kind of crazy. Do you see that? Yeah, I saw that. But when he comes back, when Elisha comes back by himself, mm-hmm. they could see from a distance the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon Elisha. Mm-hmm. That only happens. You only get the mantle and the precious things of God. It's going to cost you something, though. Oh, yes. And and you've got to be willing to, to go through what your predecessors have went through, what what mm-hmm. those who have, you know, we call them trailblazers, paved if you will. The yeah. They paved the way. Bridge builders. Yeah. And so I'm not going to take for granted nor be in competition with my pastor. Definitely. I'm going to learn from my pastor. Absolutely. And a, and a good pastor, which we have, will only want to see you, you know, surpass. Sure. Yeah, double portion. Sure. Yeah. What, yeah, what good am I if I'm training up the person, but I don't want them to be any better than me? Mm. That's not good. So I, I, we're talking about the mantle. We didn't plan this part of the segment, but this is this is good. Um, 
I think I preached this one time, but don't, yeah, I did. Don't bury the mantle. Mm. Cause when Elisha got the mantle from Elijah and, and the double portion, he, he kept that mantle and man, it was, it was something passed down to him, mm. but uh, rather than passing it off to somebody else, it was buried with him. Mm. And the only person it ever affected was the one when they buried him, they threw the bones down on top of right, Elisha right. and he came back to life. And, and so when you bury what you have received through pressure mm. and through, through going through the muck and the mire and, and the, the storms and of life and all that, when you bury that and you don't put it to use or at least hand it off to somebody else when you're done, um, it, it goes to waste and it will affect no one. Right. Imagine if he would have said, Hey, I need a predecessor. I need somebody to give this thing to, uh, when I'm done, uh, I don't want to be, don't bury it with me. Lord, let right. it, let it work. How much stronger was it after, after it's now been through Elijah and Elisha? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, your, your flight instructor could have said, Oh, I'm not giving you my knowledge. Right. I, I worked hard for this. Mm-hmm. Giving you my knowledge, give you get your own knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, figure it out. It's not what he did. He, you see in all walks of life, we should desire to see the next generation do more, go deeper, go higher, farther than we ever did. I think we're seeing that in the next generation. I believe so. I really do. I believe so. I mean, do you want to speak to that before we close out today? You know, I just, um, and it could be, you know, me as a dad, we're both dads. And so, so we are literally raising the next generation. Yeah. Um, I know, I know what it was like with me, uh, you know, as a teenager, um, Man, there's a there's a there's an extra zeal and an extra boldness in this current generation, and I know enough to know it's not just here. Um, it's it's been reported by many people. I mean, it was talked about at men's conference last year that this generation is not not afraid, and, right. I, and I'm seeing greater things. Shall they do? Yes. And I don't think they question it. I don't think they question it like I questioned it. Right. To be completely honest. Um, and so, Hey, that's great, man. I, I want to see them leave, leave me in the dust, but I'll, I'll follow with you as long as I'm physically able. I want to yeah. be right there with you, but, but go forth and conquer, man. Yeah. Let's, let's see them do it. Yeah. I'm in their corner. Let's equip them. Yes. So that when pressure comes, yes, they know how to handle it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This has been such a great, uh, episode and conversation. Uh, again, thank you so much for the Combs for coming oh, on and, and having this conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have loved it. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, we're going to call it quits right there. Uh, you might need to expect more. The more we talk and text one another, we are dangerous I, together. <laughs> we are dangerous together. But no, pressure is going to come. Learn from it. Learn a lesson. Don't be afraid to ascend and don't be afraid to go deep. But learn something while you're there. It's not there for sightseeing. It's not there for tourism. Learn something. Let it mold you and shape you. And then you pass that mantle off to the next generation. Until next time, God bless you, God keep you, in Jesus' name.